Trevor McCall-Pete. This is the Wild Eye Podcast. Hi everybody, my name is Jerry, I'm from Wild Eye, and in this episode I sit down with Trev, he's been with us for, I think about five years now, and we just catch up, like I did in the previous episode with Mike Applesammy, just to chat about the year, favorite destinations, and kind of where everybody's at for the end of the year. Uh, great guy, awesome sense of humor on Safari, you should go with him one day and check it out. But uh, for now, I hope you guys enjoy this one. And I think we are a go. Trev, we haven't spoken for a while, bro. No, it's been a while. Um, I haven't actually seen you much at all over the last I was, four or five months. Yeah, it's like years. I was. Just, we were just saying before we started now how I wanted to say it in a nice way, but how I'm tired. <laughs> the year's been long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's heavy, uh, hey? It is. It is. I think... It, and it like it surprises me every year in that I think when because you know typically the year kind of starts off slow mm. and then from May it slowly it's starts a shit to show. pick up with trips here then you've got the Mara privates in between um, then scheduled stuff then back to Mara um, so the year kind of flies by and you don't I, I don't think we recognize how tiring, and I mean this in the best way possible. No, of course. But I don't think we recognize how, how tiring and taxing it is on us yeah. traveling that much until, like, I, I'm done for the year now. So finished, I've got, finished. I've got no more trips. And <laughs> it, it was weird because I went through a period because obviously we get these recovery days when we've been out in the yeah, yeah. for certain amounts of time. And it only really hit me like my first recovery day when I was back and I sat there and I was, because I've just come off like a three, four months stint where I've been away for a month, back for three days, it's away been for insane. a month, back for two days, away. But, so um, I don't think my brain's fully, well, had fully processed that. Mm. And then you kind of just keep going because mentally you know where the end goal mm. is. And then when you get to that end yeah. goal, I think your body just says... I'm done. I'm done. What's the, what's the most? I asked this to Apple Sammy yesterday as well. What was the most difficult part about guiding this year? Um, I think, and it's it's, I think, it's a difficult one to answer. But I think extended periods away from home. I think it was a little bit. You know, it's great obviously for us to be busy, and we all love being out in the field and mm. things. But I think we've all we've all taken a bit of a knock. Okay, we were lucky in that we had a, a great year before COVID, then we had COVID, mm, and this mm. is the, the first year where we kind of picked up a lot yeah. again. And I think going from that change of being in COVID to going back to our everyday 100%. jobs, and by everyday jobs, I mean going out yeah. into the field, traveling, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think in that, that two-year period of, of, of COVID, I think we kind of forgot that side of it. And um, with having to reschedule trips and postpone trips and change dates and all of that kind of thing, I think it, it just ended up where I think a number of us spent five and a half, six weeks out in the field at a time. And mm-hmm. um, like I said, it's an abnormal year, but I think the most difficult thing for me was being away for that period of time. Um, because I'm someone who does like my own time. Mm. So I'm obviously being a guide, I enjoy being around people and things like that. But um, just to have that downtime to um, kind of 
remember where you are, the greater purpose of things, um, and... Um, what is the greater purpose of things? Just to, why, why are we doing what we're doing? You know, one of my, difficult, yeah. one of my difficulties is, um, you know, I've got a three-year-old daughter, so, mm -hmm. you know, six weeks away from her, it becomes quite difficult. But God, she's hard, part yeah. of the greater scheme of things. So, you know, the hard, we all have hard days on safari. Mm. It, it, all of us do, guests, guides, everybody. And I think um, one of the hardest things has been having that time taken away from being with her. But the positive side of it is that it benefits her in the long run. Explain. So with me being out in the field and doing all of that, mm, obviously... Mm. Um, there's motivation for me to be out in the field apart from being of passionate course. about what I do. And for me, it's all about setting up a future for my daughter. Yeah. So the tough days where I can't go and see her whenever I like, or I'm on safari or I'm in a different country, um, it does get a bit tough when you don't have connectivity and you can't speak to, mm -hmm. I can't speak to her daily. Um, but it's those days that I remember why I'm in the field doing yeah. what I love um, and setting up a whole bunch of things that will help her in the future. Mm. Um, so you've got to look at the, the negatives, but I believe that in every negative, there's a positive as well. It's a tough one. I spoke to my dad about it yesterday as well, about this is the first full work year after COVID where it's like back to battle stations, yeah. not just for us, for everybody. Yes. And if I'm just looking around, I mean, I had a client this morning speaking to people around, friends, mates, whatever, People are fucked. Yeah. Just mentally, emotionally, physically, people are broken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now add on top of that the travel side of it and then, because it's nice to have certainty back that we are traveling again. Yes. But this year, like you said, because of all the extra load of COVID, which is more and more and more, and then you're coming off a time where you were forced to stay at home and you were forced to think things you might not want to think or feel. Yeah. And now suddenly you just go back at it again. Yeah. How do you manage that in the field? Um. Look, it's, it's not easy, but I think, um, I think we can all be thankful for our time in the field. Um, you know, I know yourself, I know personally I as well during COVID and that took a long, hard look at myself and priorities and mm -hmm. all of that kind of stuff. And I, yeah. I think you've just got to accept a year like we've had now. I mean, I did a six-week stint because Johan injured himself. Yes, yes, yeah, his ankle. Um, and I, I would do it again because we, we're all a team and we help each other out. Um, but I think um, having the two years of not downtime, but the me time allowed mm. me to work a lot on myself. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I've been able to take that mentality out on safari with yeah. me as well. Um, and it, it isn't easy. It really, really isn't easy. But, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, we've just got to accept that it is one of those years. I and, think it's... Um, I think we can 100%. be thankful that we've had the year that we've had. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also gratitude. I mean, you could be sitting in an accountant's office in a little cubicle, which is two by two, and having a serial computer versus going to Monopools and Mora and all those. Exactly. Still, though, it's difficult. And I know this for a fact. I mean, I... I made a concerted effort this year of looking after me on trips even. Yes. Mentally, physically, you yes. have to do that. Yes, yes. And I think that's something that, I'm not talking about our guys. Our guys are all doing pretty well. Yes. But I think that's something that people miss in the bigger picture and especially people wanting to come into the industry. Yes. I think they, again, it's the, you see the romance on Instagram. It's just the lions and the leopards and the airplanes. Yeah. And 
it's uh, it can be hard, eh? It can, yeah. yeah. What was your favorite destination this year? Oh, um, it's a tough one. Um, Did you do anything brand new this year for the first time? India. India. And India. tell me about India. India was amazing. Um, going back there next year. Um, very, very different culture. Uh, I didn't really know what to expect when when I went there. Obviously, I chatted to Johan and um, got the briefing, but very, very different culture. I mean, it's a, it's a country with 1.4 billion people. Um, <laughs> so... And I think the, 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 the biggest thing for me there was the how noticeable it is between... There, there's no middle class. It's lower class. Uh, or nothing. So it's poor or rich. Okay. Um, so, I mean, we, we, <coughs> stayed, we stayed in these beautiful lodges and we visited these beautiful reserves in the central India. But, I mean, you're driving along and you see the poverty and then 200 meters down the road, there's a big wall with a big gate that opens up and it's lush green gardens. Oy, oy, oy guys in suits and all of that kind of thing um so from a culture point of view i think that was very very interesting to see um not always the easiest thing to see but um the wildlife aspect was off the charts like mm. like, like nothing ever before so your sightings were good our sightings were great and um i think going go what i really loved about india was that um I got to experience, I mean, yes, we all love the Mara and all of that, but when you go to a new destination, mm. you experiencing something through the guest's eyes yeah. for the first time. Yeah, You're experiencing yeah. something for the first yes. time all over again. And I think India was a great, it was early on in the year, and I think it was a great reminder, especially after COVID and things, um, to reflect on the smaller things that that impact us that we often overlook when we're on safari or we go to the same destination yeah. constantly and you think oh, okay well that's pretty cool the first time you see it yeah, but yeah, then yeah. the second time you see it it's okay well you've seen it you've seen it you've seen it but going to india gave me a new appreciation for going to these incredible destinations that we get mm. to go to and to actually take in the small moments and notice them mm. and enjoy them. How does, a, for, for someone who doesn't know, let's say they haven't been on safari at all, mm. but how does an Indian safari different from an African safari? This is for someone who doesn't have contact on either. How would you explain that? Um, it's different in that the, 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 the national parks there, there's no lodges inside the parks. At all. At all. So um, what they've got is they've got these, these massive pieces of land and then they've got these buffer zones, which is about eight miles or so. Okay. Um, and that's pretty much what the fence line is. What's in the buffer zone? The, the, it can be anything. So, so there's one or two um, local villages that have okay. local rangers. It's similar to the Maasai. It like is, where there's a zone similar. So, so what they've done is that because there's no fencing to stop the poaching, they've got these villages that are based in these buffer zones and um, the lodges are outside of, of the reserve, okay. which for me, when I first, before I left, I was like, this is going to be so weird. You're going to yeah. stay in the middle of a city and then you're going to go on safari. First thing I'm thinking, I've got to drive in every day. Yeah, yeah? Exa exactly. But it's, it's actually, it's a complete opposite. I mean, you, you do drive 20 minutes to get to the reserve gate. Um, but the lodges and things like that are all, it's not in the city. It's, you, you, okay. you, don't, you, don't, you still feel like you're out it's in like the country, wilderness. like country maybe. Yeah. yeah, you still feel like you're out in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think something that India is doing very, very well is 
managing this buffer zone. So what they've done is with the villages around the buffer zone is they, they've employed park rangers yeah. who are like trackers. So okay. you, you go into the park and you pick up a tracker at the gate and you pay your fees. Um, and he just he's he's a spotter on your vehicle. So you got a driver guide and a. So you got a driver guide and okay. then you've got a spotter, and they pretty much just enforce the rules of the park. Um, so I okay. think it's it's managed very very well. Yeah. Um, so they get paid a salary. They also get gratuities on top of it. Okay. Um, which obviously brings the the um, the poaching problem down. Yeah. Completely. Um, so the major difference that I noticed is that obviously you're staying outside of the park, which for me, I thought would be a thing, but it Not didn't really I... impact me at all. Um, whereas in South Africa and that you're obviously going into a private reserve, the mm. lodge is based inside the reserve, okay. you leave camp and mm -hmm. you're in the reserve. Density of animals? Um, in, Af in, in Africa, on any reserve, you can get between 15 to 20 big mammal species. How does that compare? Similar, yeah. similar. Um, the bird bird life was was incre was incredible. Um, wildlife as well. Yeah, there, there's a lot of diversity. Um, I mean, I was just blown away because it's a completely different terrain. You, yeah. You've got these massive bamboo thickets. Sure. Um, and you've got these fellow deer, peacocks, the noises in the forest. Mm. So the density of animals is, is, is good. Mm. Um, one thing that is also very different is the road network. Okay. Um, so the road net, you can't drive off road in India. At so, all. At all. So some of the reserves, the, the, the road network, the blocks are just massive. So if an animal crosses into it, that's it gone. Okay. Whereas obviously in the Southern hemisphere, Southern Africa, you can drive off road and follow an animal and all of that. Um, but I think we had 28 different tiger sightings in 13 or 14 days. Holy hell. We saw sloth bears, a variety hmm. of deer. Um, so yeah it, it it was an incredible an, an incredible yeah. trip yeah absolutely. nice and favorite african destination this year mana mana's amazing oh, wow. Wow. so one of my next questions was going to be what is one of your favorite guest moments from this year <sighs> yo to choose a, it's hard to choose one guest moment um I think can I sum it up with a few different hundred percent so I think you know like like I, I do best of Uganda which is always special with the mm -hmm. chimps and gorillas mana there's the Mara um, India I think what I love is, um, I know Johan does it as well on, on trips, and I think you do it as well. It's like the last evening you go around the table and you ask people about their highlights mm -hmm. of the trip or their top three moments of the trip or whatever. But I think for me and doing what we do, it's, it's I mean, I'll, 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 the last couple of days I've been trying to sort through literally like <laughs> all the trips. Yeah. I've hosted this. It's a mission in itself. Holy hell! Itself, but it's also it's a good reminder of the different moments that we've had out in the field. Mm. And um, I think the biggest thing for me is I have kind of I've gone more into videoing as opposed okay. to photography. So so I'll still take photographs, yeah. obviously, um, but. I think videoing allows me to sit back and obviously teach much better. But 
for me, there's no single standout moment. I, I think if I look back at the gorillas and I think of the guests that I had there, the first time that we had a silverback walk past us and mm -hmm. just not even to look at the silverback, but to look at the guests' faces. Oh, 100%. To, to, to see their yeah. facial expressions, to hear their discussions afterwards. You know, minor pools, we had a massive bull elephant literally four feet from us, standing, stretching, grabbing branches. Mm -hmm. And I still remember I could hear the guests breathing next to me. And mm -hmm. you can hear it's a little bit nervous, so you yeah, actually yeah. calm them down. <laughs> but I think it's, it's all those small moments that, for me, make a safari special. Yes, it, it's great because we get to, to visit a variety of different destinations mm -hmm. on a regular basis, and we're fortunate to do that. But it goes deeper than that for me. It's, it's, we, we wouldn't be there if it wasn't for our guests. So when I sit there and I see that my guest is emotional, you know, I hosted a private Tisabi Sabi where literally I had 10 guests, all of them were in tears. Those moments to me are mm -hmm. the ones yeah. that stand out because that tells me that we are doing what we set out to do sure. and we are creating these memorable mm -hmm. experiences for people. So I, th I think that's where some people coming into the industry misses the point. So what advice, so I've got a young guy coming in tomorrow wildlife photographer wants to get into the industry questions what would you say now i mean after going before COVID, during COVID, now the appreciation the understanding of what it is what we do what advice would you give to someone young 19 20 years old who wants to get into this industry what would you say to them should they do or look for to ensure longevity sure um that's quite a broad question but i think like if I are you talking from not guiding at all going give me both either or so like if I look back at my experience you know <clears> I, <throat> I, I think the most important thing throughout the journey what I've realized now is to focus on yourself above anything else above guests about above anything what does that mean to make sure that you in the right frame of mind that you happy um, because if you're not happy, other people will see it. And if you are in this industry and you're not happy, people are going to see it. They're going to notice it. And you can only fake it for so long. You can only fake it for so long. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, when I started out my guiding career as a full-time guide, for the first year, two years, I didn't touch a camera. I focused on myself. I focused on, um, on being the best guiding. guide that I can be, guiding, exactly. Um, and then I got into the photographic side of things and started to play around with it. Um, but I think the biggest, the biggest thing is just to build that confidence. Um, mm. you know, confidence for what? Just life, guiding? Whoa. I think I think through guiding, I was fortunate in that, you know, I, I w worked with a few different trackers and a mm. lot of them were older than me. And I think they don't just teach you about tracking. If, if I look back at the trackers that I've had, that when you're out in the bush with them, you're not just learning about animals, you're mm -hmm. learning about life yeah. and life lessons. And I think it's, it's, it's learning those valuable lessons, um, but being confident in yourself, being confident mm -hmm. to know that no matter what situation arises, you are able to handle it. How do you, going off script here for a while, not that we have a script, but no. how do you build confidence? 
through, through repetition. 100%. Because some people think confidence is a personality trait. It's not. Mm-mm. It gets installed at a young age. It's doing things again and again and again. I become confident in something by doing it again and again and again. So for those young guys to get confident, what, we, what how? What should they do? I think... You know, you look at you look at our, our company and, and the individuals that work here. We are all open to helping individuals. Mm-hmm. And the perfect example is Michael Appleson. Oh yeah. So he started with us just over a year ago. Okay, we met him at Maritaba. Raw man. Raw. <laughs> raw. Remember that. Yeah. Raw. hmm And he was good then. But look at the attitude that he's had over oh. the last year. So he, so this is a perfect example. A young guy, okay, he's a little bit older than 19, 20, not much. But yeah. uh, so you look, he's a young guy coming into this industry wanting to do this. Mm. What has he done? He has put his head in every single department. Mm. He has asked questions. I think he's sat down with all of us. He gets stuck in. He gets stuck in. And, you know, I think that's all a mindset thing. You know, when I, when I, one, I remember one of the first conversations I had with him was about confidence. Mm. You know, you, if, if you've studied guiding and you've got the photographic knowledge and that, it's just building that confidence mm, up. Mm, mm. So, you know, you look at him, for example, if, if you really want to get into it and you're really serious about it, he would take his girlfriend to Pilansburg and he would teach her photography. That's him building confidence. And she probably doesn't give a shit, but he's going to teach her anyway. Exactly. Yeah. But that's building confidence. It's, it sounds It's silly, action. Exactly. It sound, you know, I remember in school when we had to do speeches, English speeches, oh, yeah. standing in front and my paper would be <laughs> rattling, rattling in my yeah. hands and, I would, and, and then I would lose my place and that was me done. Blank out, yeah. Now you go on safari and you've got to manage five, six guests all traveling from all over the world then you've got to stand there with no script, create an experience for them. Mm. It's all about it's all about confidence. Yeah. It's confidence meets passion, meets knowledge, meets experience. It's great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think I think you know, like with with Mike, you know, he he got into the information side first. Yeah. You know, you build the knowledge. Did the right way around. Yeah, yeah. You build the knowledge. Um, and then you find, I, I know that he sat with myself, I'm sure he sat with you, I'm sure he, he sat with Mike, mm. he sat with Andrew Beck, and he, we, we've all explained things in different ways to him, and like what I said to him is that with any guard or anyone that you meet, if you've got questions and you're having a yeah. discussion, it doesn't mean that your way is right and my no. way is wrong. You just articulate things differently sure. to me, yeah. and you... Whoever, Mike Applesammy, can absorb what he thinks you did mm. very well. And he can say, okay, well, Trevor, I don't agree with the way that you do, I'm gonna do this. It that way. I'm going to do it that way. Yeah. And it's all a way of, of, of learning your own style. Yeah. And building that confidence. Yeah. It's pretty um, cool. But at some point, you also do have to be thrown in the deep end. 100%. Um, oh, yeah. Learn to swim, man. Exactly. Take the training exactly, wheels off. Yeah. He, he did a he did a dick week just to, to back your point up. And he had two clients, and one of them went on a private with me afterwards and showed me. So what he did is, and this was part of him learning Lightroom. So he made notes for himself, mm. like global adjustments, whatever, cropping, da-da-da-da. And he cut and pasted that, and he changed it into his own words. And I, I can recognize it in our digital photography course, the Lightroom course. I see all the content, how we speak, and he's done it into his own way, and he sends that to all his guests. 
Mm-hmm. I'm like, holy hell, that's above and beyond. Exactly. But that's action. And yeah. that's why he's confident in what he's doing, even at this young age. Yeah, yeah. It's great to see. Yeah, yeah. I just think a lot of people come in and he didn't. He was willing to do the shitty jobs. He was stuck in the office for the first how long? Eight months? Uh, yeah, ages. He yeah. didn't do it. He, yeah. he was a Lizma's bitch. Yeah, yeah, Literally, yeah, yeah. he was doing yeah, all the yeah. dirty filing work. Yeah, yeah. And now he's suddenly in a place where people are giving feedback and it's really good feedback. Yeah. It's great to see. I just sometimes still wonder if the industry has changed after COVID. Because a lot of people didn't make it. Some did make it. I, I just wonder. So I'm keen to chat to this kid tomorrow and to see what the idea is to get into the industry because there's so many avenues. Where the thing, is he from? No, around here somewhere. Okay. You know, I studied design, photography. Not sure about the guiding side of it. I just, people still say they want to make money with wildlife photography. Okay, but what do you do? Yeah. You know, try and sell a print? Good luck. Yeah. Everybody's doing it. I mean, it's gone. You might sell one, but you're not going to make a living. No, you're not going to put food on the table. Are you going to write a book? Who's going to buy your book unless you have a big brand? Yeah. It, it's just so many things, but people get sucked up into the romance instead of finding something that can sustain themselves and they do that as a hobby. Yeah. Some people, and there's a lot of people coming into the industry, which I think they should have kept it a hobby rather than trying to yeah, make yeah. it a career. Yeah, agreed. Make your money elsewhere and have this fun. This is not agreed. designed for you. Agreed. Because the reality is, and I'm, I'm at one of those points, I know Andrew as well, I'm going to find out where you are, that this is not something you do forever. Yeah. Because of family, because of age, because of, and the reality is we all change. Yeah. When you started here, you were a different person. Yeah. So I was like, you're a different person what you were six months ago, a year ago, and so on and so forth. Yeah. For all of us, it's the same. Yes. So it's an interesting thing that if you do only this, if this was a hobby, for, I'm speaking to the young kids now, really. Yes. Sorry, kids, guides. <laughs> young guides, real young men, <laughs> whatever. But you come into this as a hobby. Yes. Consider for yourself, do you want to have this hobby for your life? That's cool. And do something else and you can pay for your Mara chip and you can pay for those things. Do your hobby. Or you're going to do your hobby because anything you start doing, going very philosophical now, but anything you do kind of for money changes it. Yeah. And it becomes a job. Yes. And unless you are really fucking into it, there's a timeline to it. Yes. So I just, I'm wondering about that. I'm thinking about myself, how long I'm going to guide for. Yeah. People are saying, oh my God, what's going on now? Where are you at with that? You're so, in it for another 20 years. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> because it's a, it's a real thing. We're talking about real stuff here. And it's the same question for everybody. No, so, you know, it, it, it is a good question because, um, you know, I know I've spoken to Johan and Mark Laubscher about it as well. And, you know, we... We're obviously constantly growing. We got three new guys last mm. year. Um, but burnout is a real thing. We spoke about it earlier. And, um, you know, Mark, myself, and Johan traveled a lot this year. And we had extended periods out in the field. And, um, you know, I think you've got to, you've got, if you're looking for a bit of, um, if you're looking to extend your time in the, in the industry, I think, you've got to manage your time out in the field better. So, um, you know, we've already, Johan sent out the numbers. Yeah, yesterday. I was just looking for that now, yeah. Yeah, so we've already cut down our numbers quite a bit. Um, so, you know, I, I still, I enjoy traveling, but I can't do six weeks away from home. Um, I, I don't think no, it's... Not at this point. No. Uh, uh, my daughter side, okay. So, so one of the reasons is obviously to see her. But you can't tell me after six weeks and four different safaris later 
that mentally you operating at 100%. No, you're not. If we look in this office, so Michael Lapsha is, he travels, one like the three of you, he travels a lot. He's got no <laughs> no girlfriend or partner that we're aware of, Mike, anything, or any kids that we know of, Mike, anything. <laughs> but, but even he gets tired. So he literally comes yeah. home to his little bachelor pad and he goes home. Even that gets you tired. Yes. I've just, and one of the big things I've been thinking of is to say that, Try that again. The sustainability thereof. Yeah. And what it would take. And we had that meeting downstairs at Bootleggers the other day. And my thing just before I left was, again, how do you take care of yourself here when you're not traveling? Yeah. Because I'm, the burnout thing, you've been close. You've yeah. been there. Yeah. In 2016, I, I peaked to 219 days. I was fucked up. Yeah. That, it's yeah. not right. No. And from then, literally from then, for me, it's been a backward. I'm like, just, it's almost like you burn yourself and you, you're like, uh-uh, I I need yeah. to just back up here. Yeah, yeah. How far do we keep backing up? Yeah. That's that's a thing. I don't know, eh? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, it is a difficult one to it is a difficult one to manage because obviously you want guys out in the field as much as possible. Mm. Um, but at the same time you look at how how quickly we're growing. Um, and I think already looking at next year, I mean, cutting numbers down. You're already at 119 or something for next year. Yeah, somewhere there, somewhere there from 140, 50 odd. Okay. From this year. So, I mean, that's already a third almost, mm. um, which is fine. Uh, I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's just comes down to how long you want to stay in this industry. Um, you know why it's hard? To be honest with you. That, that's it. But, but again... I think two things. I think we change as people. Like you might get something else. I mean, I've got a small business on the side now as well. Yeah. And I'm running both together because I enjoy both. The problem is, if you, let, let's say for argument, this is hypothetical, so everybody just calm down, is let's <laughs> say, for example, you and I want to stop guiding totally in 2024, for example. Mm -hmm. I'm already booked up until the end of 24 with the Greenland trip and so on and so forth. So even if it gets to a point where you want to stop and change whether you whether you take more uh, uh, office role or whatever it is it's never going to be okay i'm resigning in 30 days no because i'm already booked for two years in advance so you have and it's to, an interesting headspace because is. now you think if i want to pull back i can't but now people want to book so far out and then what happens is you get to january after the christmas holiday and you're all like rested and like hey trev can you do another 72 days oh fuck i'm rested bring it yeah it's a tough one and it's and this is not a bitching session. This is the reality we're facing. Yeah, yeah. And that's where the growth, where we need new guides to take all of those things so we can filter it out. Yeah, yeah. Because when you hit that wall, you don't come back from it. Exactly, yeah. And, I, you know, you're seeing it more and more now. And, like, if I look at, and it's not to separate guides or anything like that, but you look at um, Mike's built up a lot of guests that like to travel Apple? with him. No, uh, Apple? Johan's built up guests that like to travel mm. with him. I've got guests that like 100%. to travel with me. So now I'm in the same boat as you. My, my, my diary's full till 2024. Mm. But what do you do after that when you've got guests that only want to travel with you? Because I'm going to go into 2023, no. host those guests. And they and want they, to rebook. And they want to rebook into 2025. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I hear you. It's, <laughs> it's something I've been thinking about a lot personally. Yeah. A lot. What would you be doing if you weren't doing this? Own a McDonald's or something. Like a Probably, spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a franchise opportunity. I have no idea. Eh? I have oh. no idea. I have no idea. Um, 
just taking it one step at a time, eh? Um, do you think that's important for for a guide, someone doing what we do, to have also? I really, I believe it hundred percent. Like Johan Bryce, you yeah. train, you spend time with your daughter, things like that. Yeah. But a second thing, even to the point of running a small business on the side. Yeah. yeah. Like whether you want to sell used cars or training programs, whatever. But I, I just believe that the days of people being one thing forever. Yes. Got yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. I, you, you need, and in the guiding world and with what we do, you need that separation. You absolutely need that separation. Okay. After that tech thing has um, been sorted out, gremlins everywhere. Um, <laughs> you got it's end of year. People are tired. My fucking technical equipment is tired. Everything's just tired. Second thing, I think it's important. I really do. It is, yeah. And I think that second thing, especially what well, for everybody in the office, this time of year is crucial for that second thing mm. because this is the time that you need that second thing the most. Yeah. Um, you know, you talk about being men- mentally drained and tired, and um, I mean, how do you? How do you? recuperate you know it's we come into the office you're still working here mm. it's it's it, it's not that you off safari and that yeah. you're done now for the year you can nah. sit back and relax so between now and and christmas what do you do to recharge yeah. because we open beginning of january and then safari season yeah. <laughs> starts again it's so like running a marathon i'll give you two days to recover do another one exactly it's it's also i mean even coming into the office for a lot of people this time of year if you have all those masks we're speaking about, all you want is to take all your masks off and just sit on the couch, yeah. if that's your thing, yeah. or just go hike the dog or whatever. Yeah. But when you step out in public, there's, I think you'll be slightly psycho if you don't put a mask on. Yes. It'd be just weird. Yeah. But then you come here and you've got three masks on because now yeah. you're in your public space. And I think that's where, I mean, anxiety, depression, all those things start climbing in. Yes. Because I think Jim Carrey said it in, a, in an interview. He said, Depression for him, deep depressed, rest. deep rest, is your your body is tired of playing the avatar that you're putting out. Exactly. I know that. And that's yeah. like, it's very real this time of year. If I look at a lot of my coaching clients, friends, family, everybody's tired. There's social anxiety and stuff coming up for this time of year. Yeah. Do I have enough money? Am I going away? Do I have to spend time with family? Blah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Plus then everything we're speaking about. It's an interesting thing. And again, this is not a bitching session. This is just reality. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Got to do with it as much as you can. Exactly. Yeah. What are you doing over Christmas? Going away? Speaking of? Yeah, so Addy with for Christmas and then going away with my dad. Where are you going? Bush, just to the bush. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's so, different going to the bush without guests. That, that's what I'm, mm. I, I was going to say looking forward to. I am looking forward to it. <coughs> um, just from the point of view in that, you know, we do these trips and it's great to be on them and, mm. you know, you get these amazing photographs and things. But going to the bush, a lot of people say, oh, but, you know, you work and you're always traveling to the bush, so why go on holiday to the bush? It's not but the same thing. It's not the same thing no. at all. No, no, no. Um, and, you know, I find so many different healing qualities in nature. You know, I can go to the bush now on my own and go and do a four-hour walk in the morning yep. all on my own yeah. just you know, take it all in and have my me time. Yeah. And that's me fixing myself. Yeah. That's me preparing myself for the year 100%. I think we just need to make something clear here. Ask you this. Do you enjoy what you do when you guide? Yes. There's the thing. Out in the field, it is a privilege and pleasure to do what we do. Yes. And I'm very aware of that, especially when I come home, I'm going to sit in fucking traffic 
11 Ks takes me two hours, right? Yeah. That, that bothers me. Um, and being out in the bush and you kind of sit there on a Monday morning and you say to your guest, oh, this must suck when you're back home because they're in traffic and we're watching lions eating buffalo. Yeah. So it's not a thing that we are not enjoying what we're doing. It's not a thing that we don't like our guests. We wouldn't have built a strong company like this if we did. No, no. It's just, I think the reality for us is we want to try and take care of us in order to take, take care of the guest and the business on the long run. Exactly. Otherwise, yeah. it's, if, if we burn out, people are never going to travel with you and me again because we fucked. We're going to lock us up somewhere. Yeah, exactly. It's that. Exactly. So I think it's just being realistic about the privileges that we have. Yeah. Yeah. That's a I good agree. line. I Write that down. That was good. That was. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Trev, nice catching up, bud. Yeah. Um, we'll do so it again much. in the new year. And yeah. Um, yeah, amazing to have you on the team, man. Yeah. Thank you, Thank you so much. Wonderful year. Thanks, bud. All right, and there you have it. If you have any questions or comments, you want to get hold of Trev, uh, Trevor McCall Pete on Instagram. I'll link it up in the description. Also, Trevor at wildeye.co.za. That's T R E V O R at W I L D hyphen E Y E dot C O dot Z A. And uh, you know where to get hold of me if you have any questions. Otherwise, as always, thanks for listening. Thank you for lending me your ears. I will chat to you next time. My name is Jerry. I'm from Wild Eye. Have a good one. Mm.